Welcome to the Orange Shoe Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Slayton. In this podcast, we cover multiple topics in regard to health and fitness. I also bring you guest speakers who are professionals in the industry to bring you insight from their field. In this episode, Scott Keeney and I review the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. By the end of this episode, you will have a better understanding on how to better guide the rider and the elephant. But before we hop into the episode, here's a quick message from our sponsor. Is your nutrition preventing you from reaching your goals? Do you enjoy eating healthy, but don't enjoy or have the time for all the prep work? If so, then I highly recommend checking out Lean Feast. Lean Feast is the premier meal prep service in the Madison area. They take out all the guesswork and provide you with quick, healthy meals on your schedule. The best part, you get to choose what goes into your meal and how many you purchase. Let's say you struggle with eating healthy lunches during the work week. Then you could go there, purchase five lunches, and eliminate that struggle. The meals take three minutes to warm up via microwave or stovetop, and then they are ready to eat. Season with your favorite spices to add your own little flair. Gone are the days of running to the drive-thru or skipping meals altogether because you failed to plan. Head over to Lean Feast today and use promo code OSPODCAST for 10% off every order. You will not regret this decision. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Orange Podcast. Today, we're bringing back another book review by one and only Scott Mitchell. Um, we are going to be uh, doing another book review on the book Switch, um, which is like another like good, really good like habit-forming book. I haven't read it. Um, Scott has. And so I'm really excited to dive into it and hear how like it ties kind of almost to, Scott kind of said it was kind of similar to Atomic Habits in some way, mm-hmm. which kind of habit forming is very, you know, there's going to be some very uh, similar aspects to a lot of habit forming books and stuff. But first off, I wanted to say we raised $3,427 for our recent Burpees for Bucks fundraiser across the Orange Shoe franchise. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so the money went to the Madison Area Sports Commission for their youth grant sports. They, they they pretty much give money to youth in grant forms for families who cannot or don't have the means to provide money for their children to join sports, to buy equipment and things like that. Because we know some of these sports are just like ridiculously expensive when it comes to buying equipment, especially when you got growing kids and every year they need a new pair of ice skates. They need, you know, new jerseys and all that stuff. So. I'm really excited that we were able to raise that money for that organization to help kids because we all know that all the orange shoes are in communities that are very kid, you know, like kid centric and they love their sports. And so it's really cool to see the money go to the communities like that. Yeah. It's super cool. I think we all can remember, we were just talking about your uh, track days, Tom, before we (laughs) hopped on the podcast, but like, you know, athletics, extracurriculars, uh, they really do, especially at that phase of life, uh, help develop your character and your, uh, your ability to overcome adversity, whether it's on the athletic uh, field or if it's in the classroom. So I think just getting kids a, an option to engage uh, is, is a benefit. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's jump into today's book, which is, like I said, Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. Are they are they brothers? Are they, they, are they are brothers. Okay, cool. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, so, so, yeah, Scott's going to take it away. It's um, He's going to dive right into this one. Yeah. So the title is Switch, you know, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. And I guess like to dive in, like why we chose this book, um, you know, psychologists have discovered that our minds are really ruled by two different systems. You have the rational mind and the emotional mind, and they compete for control. So the rational mind wants, you know, the great beach body and the emotional mind wants the Oreo <laughs> cookie. <laughs> uh, the rational mind wants to change something at work and the emotional mind loves the comfort of the existing routine. You know, so this tension can really doom our efforts and desire to change. But 
if it is overcome, change can come relatively quickly. And we all have areas of our lives where we'd like to see improvement and change in. And this book out, this book really outlines just how we can accomplish those changes. So before we dive in, you know, who is Chip and Dan Heath? So, you know, the authors, uh, Chip Heath is a professor at Stanford Graduate School of Business, uh, teaching courses on business strategy and organizations. And Dan is a senior fellow at Duke University's Case Center, which supports social entrepreneurs. And previously, uh, Dan worked as a researcher and case writer for Harvard Business School. Uh, Dan has an MBA from Harvard Business School, and the brothers have co-written four New York Times bestselling books, which include Switch. So obviously, Tom, this is not a brainchild of mine. These are really intelligent human beings. And uh, I've really enjoyed the books and the books that we do cover here. Like I, per they're part of my personal library. I highlight them. I reread them often. And I'm excited to be able to bring them to our audience. So there's really two main characters in this book. Um, the writer, and uh, it's, it's kind of funny because they, they use the writer uh, to represent the rational and logical part of our brains and thought processes. So the writer really helps us think and plan for the future. And then you have this elephant and the elephant represents the passionate part of our brains and perched atop the elephant. The writer holds the reins and seems to be the leader, but the writer's control is precarious because, you know, the writer is so small relative to the elephant at any time, you know, that six ton behemoth and the writer disagree about what direction to go. The writer's always going to lose. You know, he is completely overmatched and we experience this when we, you know, sleep in, when we overeat, you procrastinate, skip our workouts, we get angry and say something we might regret, you know, and that's a great example of the elephant winning. Um, so a like, question for your, uh, you know, Katie and Tom. So when was the last time your elephant took control of a situation? Tuesday. <laughs> so today's Thursday. Um, but the funny thing is, is like I, the elephant took control and then I was able to like kind of become the writer again. And, and so what ended up happening is like, so today is what, March 24th? Yeah. So if you guys know, March 24th, it's like the third day of like a really shitty week in Wisconsin. Right? It's like been gloomy. It's been rainy. And when that happens to me, I'm very solar powered. I feel like a lot of motivation, willpower just goes along with the weather. Like, and I just want to nap. I want to skip everything. I want to eat Oreos and I want to take naps. And so Tuesday, I, I'm typically not at the gym in the morning because Kelly's working. And then, so I usually have to like get my workout in at home in the living room. Right. Um, I have a set of dumbbells at home. I just do something at home. So I don't have to like make the extra drive to the gym to like get my workout in. And so Tuesday, I usually work out around 10 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays at home. And I was at home and the weather was just raining. It was dreary. And I just like came up with every excuse as to why I shouldn't work out. Like, hey, just a rest day. You worked out like Sunday and Monday. You could take Tuesday off and all these different things. You know, it's rainy out. Like, of course, you can't work out when it's raining. Like, which is a, another funny story. I had a friend in college who didn't. He made a rule that when he was in school that anytime it was precipitating outside, he would never go to class. So if it was oh. raining, if it was snowing, any sort of precipitation, I'm guessing you guys can guess at how far he made it in college. He dropped out freshman year and realized that college just wasn't for him, which awesome, good for him. But um, anyway, so the weather, and then so I was like, you know what, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't work out. And then once I realized that I didn't work out, 11 o'clock comes, 12 o'clock comes, one o'clock comes, I'm very anxious because my mind is saying, hey, you should have worked out. You know, you should have got a workout in. Like you have all this anxious energy, like you're pacing around the house. Like you're, Kelly's like, what are you doing? You feel like she could just sense the energy off of me. She's like, you need to go work out. Like, and I was like, you're right. And so I'm like, I need a, I need an environment change. And so I just said, screw it. I'm going into work like two hours early. 
And once I walked into the gym and got the bright lights on, turned some music on and started moving my body, boom, my anxiety went away. My energy level completely switched. I had a fun, great workout all by myself in the gym, jamming out to some like 90s hip hop music. Oh, yeah. And I felt amazing. The rest is I had a great training session that night, trained all my clients, came home. My energy level was like even keel and had a great night of sleep. And it was just the fact that like that elephant wanted me to just like blame everything, like, you know, the weather, whatever reason it was. And then the rider in me was just like, I got to go do something. And so that was kind of my kind of like example of this pertaining to like this week. And none of us are immune to this. Like even the trainers at the gym, like we all struggle with working out or making healthy decisions or whatever. And that was my kind of situation. Katie, how about you? Oh, I don't have a specific example this week, but in general, when my elephant takes over is right after like a stressful situation. So like if I have to take one of the kids to the urgent care or the doctors, Mm. like all of a sudden I'm like, I need a caramel latte. <laughs> like I like it's in my bones. Like and actually this is sad. My my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago. And the instant I found out that he passed, I was in the car driving to the coffee shop <laughs> to so to get that caramel latte. So I think uh my elephant I've identified like after stressful, like intense situations, yeah. uh the elephant takes over. So um I feel like as I've matured, I've gotten a little bit better and only letting the elephant take over half of the time when mm-hmm. I have those situations. But for sure that's when those that's mine. So mm-hmm. mine is you know, it's as simple as kind of like being very direct and allowed. Uh <laughs> volume uh to the kids especially if there's things that you've told the kids to do time after time after time uh, all of a sudden my uh rational side kind of gets kicked to the curb and uh, katie does a great job of reminding me that speaking loudly isn't always the best way to uh, get the result that you're looking for from the children um, so anyways let's move on shall we uh so they kind of give some different bullet points uh how we can you know influence these two characters so the writer ambiguity will crush the writer. You know, they're looking for clear things. So one of the things that they did was find, they say, find the bright spots in your environment and replicate them. And they use a case study of uh, these Vietnamese villages where some parts of the villages were malnourished. The kids were actually like starving and other parts of the you know villages, these kids were healthy, had good bone structure, good muscle tone, like everything. So they looked at the village where the healthy Vietnamese children were thriving and what were the parents feeding them? And they found that out that the other village could easily replicate these bright spots. They just didn't know. So when you look at like what's happening in your environment, it is so easy to focus on the things that aren't working. But if you really intentionally focus on the things that are working and double down on those areas, you will see more and more and more of those things, you know, manifest themselves in your lives. So, you know, finding those bright spots, giving direction to the writer, really scripting those critical moves. Um, and they even talk about this in Atomic Habits. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I will go for a walk after dinner. And when, mm-hmm. as, as a family, we do this, you know, 10 times, then we'll go and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. So really being very direct with the time, the place, the action item that you're going to need to take. And there's been tons of studies. I don't have the percentage, but I mean, the percentage mm-hmm. of follow through on those is exponential. Mm-hmm. So and I know uh, James Clear talks about Yeah, that. James Clear calls those like implementation intentions. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're going to take, like, I'm going to do X at Y you know, during, you know, and so you're really laying it out. And they said, like, it's amazing, like when there was a study in Atomic Habits where 
they, you know, gave different test groups, different like structure around when they should work out. And one test group was like, Hey, you guys just need to work out three times a week. That's mm-hmm. all the direction they gave them. Mm-hmm. And then the second test group, they're like, you guys are going to work out three times a week and you're going to do these specific exercises. Mm-hmm. And then the last test group, they like, you guys are going to work out here at this time, three days a week. And here's your exercises. And the more clear you got each test group, test group C was the one who had the best results because they were super, super clear on when they were going to go to do their habit. Yeah. And so this is like getting really clear on, you know, yeah, like where you're going to do it at what time with who, and then also atomic habits gets into like the reward. Yeah. You got to reward yourself. Yeah. Like after 10 times of doing this, I will go ahead and get my yeah. Katie's caramel latte yeah. frappuccino grande, you know, like, you know, you can kind of like, yeah, build that in because at the end of the day, we all have to like reward yourself for the hard work. Absolutely. Sure. You have to have some yeah. fun. One thing mm-hmm. that uh, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but if you come up with a plan for post like stressful situations, so instead of getting that caramel latte, mm-hmm. like making a deal with yourself that like you're going to go for a run or a walk immediately mm-hmm. after you have that stressful situation. So mm-hmm. you're getting, you know, like you're running it off, walking it off, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. That works super duper good. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. switching that bad habit for the like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there'll be another book review we'll have to do. It's called the Kelly read this book recently called Burnout and it's oh. called Completing the Stress Cycle. And kind of talking about when we are in stressful situations that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can complete the stress cycle. And a lot of us will, um, and the, I guess the biggest one that is the most helpful is actually just moving your body. So exercising, going for a walk, something yeah. like that completes that stress cycle. We've all been there where like, for instance, me on Tuesday, I had a lot of anxiety, this, that, and the other. And then I worked out and I felt a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. We've all been there where we work out. And then after we work out, we're like, holy shit, I feel so good. Yeah. And so I think this book would be a really good one to highlight because completing the stress cycle is so important um, to moving past that stress. And they kind of talk about it when it goes to like back in our ancestors getting chased by a saber tooth tiger, like you're getting chased and you run away. And then once you finally got away from that saber tooth tiger, that was completing the stress cycle. You're like, Oh my God, like I did it. And you were able to complete that stress cycle. So, um, future book review, I think yeah. on the stress cycle yeah, and Katie absolutely. talking about stress. You know? Absolutely. And then, like, if anybody wants to like, uh, like black belt, you know, uh, this, uh, tactic, if you have kids, tell your kids like, Hey, we're going to go grocery shopping as soon as I'm done with X, Y, and Z. Cause then your kids, guess what? If they like to go grocery shopping with you, cause they know they get like maybe a treat to go grocery shopping. <laughs> they will be on your case all day long. Are you done with that? Are you done with that? When do we go? When do we go? Um, so anyways, that's like what I'll do. Uh, if I really don't want to go like grocery shopping, I'll tell the kids, Hey, we're going to go after I get done with X, Y, and Z. And then they're on my case. Um, anyways. Okay. So let's go move on the elephant. So the elephant, we really need to find a feeling. And I, so I'm going to do a little pop-up quiz with Tom and Katie. You got to tell me if this is healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Broccoli. Healthy. Healthy. All right. Apples. Healthy. Healthy. Spinach. Healthy. healthy. All right. Uh, Mountain Dew. Not healthy. Not healthy. Yeah. So the takeaway is that knowledge does not change behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it did, you know, PowerPoints and spreadsheets would keep us awake and engaged in, in all these meetings. Those are opposite. I fall asleep during. Yeah, I know exactly. Ask any of my drill sergeants at basic training. <laughs> I was the guy doing burpees in the corner because I was sleeping within two minutes. So like, you have to choose something that you really care about. You know, and like James Clear talks about it in his uh, Atomic Habits book, because uh, the two books are very, you know, uh, comparable, but the identity-based habits, um, you know, and I have a couple of clients that I'm working with right now. And, you know, initially their habits were like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to do this. And now it's like, hey, I want to be the parent that my kids look at and they're like, that's how you handle stressful situations. You don't go in and, uh, 
resort to overeating or food or comfort foods and or alcohol like or alcohol. You that's know? a big one. You know, they, so that's kind of like that emotional trigger. That's what the elephant really thrives off of. It's not finding like superficial reasons, but really those deep emotionally rooted reasons of why you want to change the behavior. Mm-hmm. So on that note, um, you know, really finding something that you carely, you deep carely about. And then the other thing is like, yeah, this is huge. This is probably like 99% of any type of behavior change is what they call shape the path or what we talk about is like tweaking the environment. You know, what often looks like a people problem is often a situation problem. And to change someone's behavior, you must first change your situation. And no matter what your role is, you have some uh, degree of control over your situation. And um, they talked about this, uh, you know, like self-control is very much an exhaustible resource. You know, they did this rash study where you, know, you had uh, two groups of people you know, one, you know, like, so you and you, Katie got to come into this room and there's a plate of radishes and a plate of chocolate chip cookies. And they're like, Hey, <laughs> you know, fill up as you know, whatever you want. You want radishes, you want chocolate chip cookies, have your, your pick. And then Tom, you came into a different room and you had the two plates, but you can only eat radishes. And then they gave you both a math uh, test afterwards. They wanted to see how long you would uh, work on this, un, you know, it's impossible to solve this problem. You know, the people that had to like use their willpower not to eat the chocolate chip cookies, they gave up after eight minutes. The people that got to, you know, enjoy the chocolate chip cookies they stayed on that problem for 19 minutes mm-hmm. so it just goes to show that like you know we come home from a you know tough day at work or the kids are sick or whatever and if we have like all those comfort things that are in the house you know our willpower is depleted so yeah. it's going to be game on you know like what's what's in the fridge what's in the pantry you can't rely on willpower so you mm-hmm. have to make those you know strategic choices <laughs> when you have fresh willpower so yeah. you know um mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys want to uh enlighten the listeners on that. I have, I have one quick one. Like when I was teaching yoga in Fitchburg, I had a couple of clients who had a major Starbucks problem. Like every time, you know, two, three times a day, every Starbucks they passed, they had to stop at it. Mm. So we actually created a route that was from <laughs> their house and work and home that had no Starbucks at it. Cause they're That's like- getting harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, I drove past the first one, but then like when I got to the second one, I couldn't say no anymore. I'm like, ooh, but this is kind of fun. Like, you know, let's figure out your route so you're not gonna have to drive past one Starbucks. Or you just leave your credit cards at home. But I guess everybody has a Starbucks app. So like, like not, not download the Starbucks app. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's just an example. It worked for a while for, mm-hmm. for those clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a lot of people that I find that have the willpower issue at the end of the day after a long work day, like, I want to work out at 4 o'clock after work, but man, I'm like, you got to own the morning. You got to own the morning. Like, 5.30 in the morning, no one's asking you to do a meeting. No one's sending you emails. Like, you got to own the morning then. You got to know that I'm the type of person that, like, works out in the morning. Like, create your identity around that. I'm the mm-hmm. type of person who gets my workout in the morning, so I don't have to rely on willpower at 4.30 p.m. 100%. So that I think that's just usually one of the one of the big ones there. So, like in review, you know, we all have, uh, for the most part, a rational writer, you know, perched upon this passionate elephant. And when we make environmental tweaks, uh, you know, we can often create a symbiotic relationship for this writer and the elephant, so they both move in the same direction. And ultimately, that's what we want. You know, uh, that reduces stress, kind of puts us in the zone, so to speak. And when we are ambiguous with the direction we want to take and we rely on willpower, we're not going to see the progress in the areas of our lives that we want to see progress in. And it's really that simple. And, you know, in closing, you know, anytime you we're, we're always going to be like working on developing this part of our lives. It's not, we will never just all of a sudden be like, Hey, I'm perfect. I've arrived. But when you really can kind of break it down into, Hey, there's two 
characters here, a writer and an elephant, and that they want a clear path to travel together on. And how do we create that environment that creates that clear path and create that supportive network? I think everything just kind of falls into place after that. So I don't know, Katie, Tom, any closing remarks on this book on Switch by uh, Chip and Dan Heath? I thought you did a great job, Scott. Nice work. <laughs> Mr. Book Review. <laughs> All right, there you guys have it. Enjoy the rest of your day. As always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate every listen that I get. With that being said, if you have any feedback or any questions you would like answered on future episodes, please use the link in the bio above to submit me a quick little voice message you could do right from your phone. I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for listening and have a great rest of your day.